Many years ago, one of the first times I flew on a commercial airline, I missed my flight. And it has scarred me, as my family can attest. I can't stand being late for flights ever since then. So I don't know how things work now, but but 30 years ago, what happened was when you arrived late, you could get to the gate and you could see the plane through the window, but the door was closed. And when the door is closed, the plane might as well be a million miles away. It's a strange sensation to have the plane you need to fly on so close and at the same time so far away. Scripture tells us that for most of human history, from the garden right up to the time of Christ, that was how most people perceived God. Close, but far away. In the good times, they could sense it, and we today can sense God's presence. But in the bad times, we sense God's distance. When there's a crisis, a crisis at work, something we've been told that there's going to be layoffs, we don't know how that's going to turn out. When there's a problem with a relationship, or when a medical person tells us we have a problem with our health, suddenly God seems so far away. We want to know where is God? Where is He and will He return? Our Good Friday readings tell the story of Jesus experiencing more and more God's absence. Jesus, the person who, when we first are introduced to Him as an adult, we hear that He came proclaiming the nearness of God's kingdom. Jesus is becoming isolated from God. He's, he's long since been abandoned by everyone else. He lost the religious leaders so, so long ago. Um, uh, it's not clear if He ever had many religious leaders interested in Him. But they've been uh, on the other side now for so very long. Last night, he lost the disciples. People who'd been with him for three years turned and headed off into the darkness when the crowd came to arrest him. And this morning, the crowds, the crowds that had hailed his entrance into Jerusalem just a few days earlier, well, they turned on him too, and now they are calling for his execution. Jesus has experienced isolation from all the people who had followed him, all the people who had trusted him. And now, on the cross, he begins to experience God's absence. Jesus, who has from all eternity lived in a perfect state of communion with the Father. Jesus, who never knew sin and never knew the separation that it produces between the sinner and God. Jesus experiences what the psalmist moaned My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? God, I know that these others have turned and left, but God, even you, have you abandoned me? Why have you abandoned me? And if Jesus can feel isolated from God, if Jesus can feel abandoned, it's hard to see hope in this passage. And yet there is, there is hope in this passage. Here in Matthew chapter 27, even before we come to the Easter accounts, there is hope. Jesus gives a shout. Is he still feeling isolated from God? We don't know what he says. He just gives a shout. 
In Luke's account of Jesus' passion, we read, he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So perhaps he has begun to feel connected back to God as Father again. We don't know. Matthew doesn't tell us what he shouts. But Jesus gives a loud shout and dies. And then Matthew lists all these phenomena. There's an earthquake. Rocks split. The tombs are opened. And dead people rise. And then after the resurrection, they go into Jerusalem and are seen by people. And in that list of amazing, uh, uncanny phenomena, it's easy to overlook something that almost seems prosaic. He tells us that the curtain in the temple is torn. It's easy to miss. But it wouldn't have been easy for people in Jesus' era to miss. We read in Josephus' history of this time that the temple where the curtain was erected was seven stories high. This curtain could be seen from every point inside the temple. The temple was was designed after the pattern of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the tent that in which the Ark of the Covenant was placed during the time of the Exodus, when Moses was leading the people of God from the Promised Land or into the Promised Land, uh, God gave him instructions and said, "Put the tablets of the law into the Ark of the Covenant, a chest, a special chest that they could be carried around from place to place." And He gave directions for a tent that would be erected around the the Ark. And the way it was designed is there was a a central place called the Most Holy Place, and it had a curtain in front of it. And then there was another curtain next to that, that uh, outside of that, that was the that cordoned off the Holy Place. And then the rest of the tent was the tabernacle. When Solomon built this temple, it was modeled after the design of the tabernacle. So it too had a, a series of courts, uh, beginning with the court of the Gentiles, and then the court of the women, and then the the main uh, a court for the men, and then finally the holy place and the most holy place. The holy place was where the altar was, and the altar was where the sacrifices took place. But the most holy place was the location of the Ark of the Covenant, signifying the presence of God. And only one person in all of Israel was allowed to go into the most holy place. One day a year on Yom Kippur, the high priest would go in and offer a sacrifice in the most holy place. And that is the curtain that was torn from top to bottom. It was torn 70 feet up in the air all the way to the bottom. And because it was torn from the top, Matthew and Mark and Luke, who also record this event, want us to understand that it is God who has torn the, temp- the temple's curtain in half. Even now, on Good Friday, as we await Easter, there is hope. Jesus' death puts us into a dark place. We know Easter is coming, but it is dark now. And yet Easter is so bright that it shines through cracks, through rips, through tears in the fabric of existence. Easter shines through the curtain. Easter shows that God has given us access through the courts, right into His presence. There is no more most holy place 
that only one person can go. From Good Friday forward, because of what Christ did, everyone can go. There are no more courts, no more courts for Gentiles, no more courts for women, no more courts for men, no more courts for priests, and no more most highly high place for a single high priest. The plane is right outside the window, but the door has been opened. So when there is a crisis, when there's something in our life that makes us wonder where is God, because of what Jesus did, because of what we read happened not on Easter, but already on Good Friday, we have access. We can go right into God's presence, right to the mercy seat and implore God on Good Friday. Remember, it is not resurrection, but death. And yet, even here, tonight, God is available. Thanks be to God. Amen.